right and the other in the book of Hebrews. I was thinking about faith and a story came to me about a fellow who lived in Southern California and their town hadn't had rain in months and months and they were experiencing a bad drought. And he heard of an Indian tribe that lived across the valley and they did a rain dance. And the story about them was that every time they did their rain dance, it rained. And so he went over and talked to the chief and the chief said, I'll be glad to come over to your town and do a rain dance with our tribe. It'll cost you $500 a day, but we'll be glad to come. And the mayor thought, well, it always works, and so we'll have you come. He invited them over, and they danced. And they danced for the whole day, and nothing happened. And they danced for a second day, and nothing happened. And now the bill is starting to get a little high. So the mayor goes back to the chief, and he said, I thought you told me it always rains when you dance. He says, it does. But I didn't tell you how long we had to dance. We might have to dance a long time, but it will eventually rain. I hope that your faith isn't based on that kind of an experience. And if you'll turn, as I said, to Matthew 8, and I'm going to ask Lee if he will read our scripture for us. Lee, verses 5 through 13. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the mm. kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so it, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed from that same hour. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. If you have found the book of Hebrews, look at chapter 11, verse 1. We have a definition of faith there. Probably most of you were familiar with the definition. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Let me read it again. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And in Greek, you could interpret this as being faith is being expectant about something happening and believing that it will. 
there's a quality of expectancy in faith that all of us need to be open to as believers in Christ. And here is this incredible man who comes to Christ and he comes and leans into faith and he asks Jesus a favor and says to him, I know you just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus is mightily impressed with this man. In fact, we could say Jesus said, wow, this is really something. I am astonished at your faith. Now that's something for the Son of God to be astonished by someone else's faith. In that, he's saying, you're supposed to be the enemy. After all, you're a Roman centurion. You're not even a Jew. And yet, look at the faith you are demonstrating. It's a good lesson for us. Sometimes we gauge people by their conversation and we make judgments about them. And if they talk the Christian lingo, then they're in. And if they don't talk our Christian lingo, we kind of look askance at them. In fact, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to get out of my Christian lingo and talk to people who don't understand my Christian lingo. But that's a good thing for me to do. I need to know how to talk to Romans as well as my brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a lot of good lessons in this particular scripture verse. But for Jesus to say wow at somebody else's faith, and he wasn't even a religious man. In fact, I could make a point of that. Somebody asked me one time, are you religious? And I said, no, I'm not religious at all. But I am relational. I believe that I have a relationship with God through Christ. But I don't practice some set form of religion. I, I don't practice some superstition to please a God who's angry with me. What I know is I have a relationship with the living God through Christ. And that's what this centurion saw. He saw the Son of God. He saw the very one that the Jews were looking for and the Romans had no interest in at all. But he knew that he could provide a gift for his servant, a gift of healing. And I want you to know, too, that the centurion is a good model for us because he isn't saying, heal me. I've come with the need. It's me that's falling apart. No, he said, it's my servant. I'm, I'm coming for him. I've got my mind off of me. Have you gotten to the point in your Christian development where you're getting your mind off of you and onto others? That is a tremendous step. When you quit focusing on your needs and start focusing on the needs of others, I guarantee you your happiness quotient will go up. In fact, I would say it goes up according to how much you can get your mind off of yourself. Most of us love to hear the sound of our own name. We don't even care whether it's said nicely or not nicely. Just to hear our name 
And I'm telling you, to walk with Christ means that he wants you to replace your name with his name. That his name is first and not your name. And here we have this centurion who comes and he has faith and he is unselfish. And he is a man who's under authority. That's another good lesson for us. Did you know that you really cannot have authority unless you are under authority? I meet with the pastors almost every Wednesday. And one of the things we talk about is, are you under authority or are you a lone wolf? Because if you're a lone wolf, you're going to get me in trouble and yourself in trouble. But if you're a person under authority, then we know that you're reportable to somebody. And that's a mighty important thing. In fact, if you have been a person avoiding authority, reacting to authority, the Lord may challenge you. It's time for you to knock that off and get under someone's authority. Hello? Did you hear that? Some of you are okay. Are you okay? Okay, wag your little heads and say, yeah, okay. Good, good, all right. Also, while we're in the book of Hebrews, I want you to look at verse 6. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's a great deal in that verse for us to learn. Number one, God is not pleased if we are people who lack faith. He wants us to be a people of faith that pleases God. You want to please God? Be a person of faith. The second thing is, it says you will be rewarded if you put your faith in God, you will be, that's a promise. You will be rewarded. Now, if you underline in your Bible, that is a great verse for you to underline. Notice that the man says, Jesus, all you have to do is say the word. Just say the word. And Jesus right away said, well, I'll come to your house and pray for him. And the centurion says, that's not needful. You don't have to come. I believe because of who you are and because you are superior to anything that I've ever seen, I believe all you have to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. And here's a man who all of his life has been under authority, but he's also had authority and he's given orders and he knows if he gives the word. The soldier has to respond. And so he comes to the very one who is a master of the universe. And he said, oh, master of the universe, you are superior to me. I know that all you have to do is say the word. Just say the word. That means if I want the word said, I need to have the word in me. And some of you avoid Bible study. But as you get the word of God in you, your faith quotient will rise. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing from the word of God. God speaks. I'd like to say two things about that. Number one, 
is the Bible is referred to generally as the Logos of God. You've probably heard that before. That is the everlasting, all-standing, one-size-fits-all throughout the universe standard of God. However, there is a Greek word called Logos, which means there is a quickened word. And the quickened word is for you. Sometimes you'll be going through the scripture and all of a sudden a verse will pop off the page and you'll say, wow, that applies to me right now. That quickens my spirit. How many have had that experience? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The Logos word of God. So the word of God brings you faith, both the word of God as you read it and then the word of God as it's inspired in you, as you're illuminated by the Holy Spirit, you see something you've never seen before, you can build your faith on that. That's why it's important to be reading God's word. Well, this is an amazing guy. Maybe you haven't paid that much attention to him. By the way, Don, as I was doing my preparation this last week and reading, I discovered that there isn't a centurion in the new testament that isn't spoken well of isn't that interesting the enemy is spoken well of in the new testament not the pharisees but these roman folk it means to me that the romans were just as hungry as everybody else they were looking for the truth hopefully the same way that the jews were but we don't want to be religious do we we want to be relational. There are several kinds of faith in the Bible. In fact, the list is pretty long, but I'm going to cut it down to just a few. Number one, there is natural faith. How many of you plant flowers or plant corn or plant something and watch it grow? Um, you have what is called natural faith. That is faith in the systems of God, that they will work. In fact, some of you made a living counting on the systems of God working all the time. That is a certain amount of faith. Did you know this, that every human being has a certain measure of faith in them? Doesn't matter where you go, what people, what land you travel in, they all have faith. And they'll put their faith in something. And if you don't tell those people the truth, they'll put their faith in a lie that's one reason we have missionaries and christian workers is because they want to get to people who are going to have faith in something with the right thing to have faith in there's a second kind of faith and that's saving faith ephesians 2 8 for by grace you've been saved by faith that is by having an expectation that something is going to happen. How many of you expect to go to heaven? How many are sure you're going to heaven? Okay, if you're not sure you're going to heaven, be sure and speak to me or Pastor John, all right? There's an expectancy about where you're going. And that we call prevent or, or saving grace. There's another kind of grace that is given in the gifts of the Spirit, we just sang about it a moment ago. Faithfulness, faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that 
is in you to help you grow and help you mature and help you do the service of the kingdom with faith. And some of you are grown up and some of you are growing up and some of you are resisting growing up. And I can't tell you which is which in you, but I'm telling you the Holy Spirit will not give up on you until you are willingly wanting to grow. And life will get be arranged in such a way that you will be forced to want to grow. Hello? Another thing I've noticed through the years is that there are people who have what I call a gift of faith, and it's mentioned in the Bible, a gifting of faith. That is tremendous supernatural faith. I could name some names, but I'm thinking back over my experience as a pastor, and I've had people in my congregation who just have faith about certain things, and if you want something prayed for, everybody gravitates to that person. Because they know that person is a believing person. They know that person calls down the very angels of heaven to accomplish things in the earth. And oh my goodness, they strengthen congregations to have people of real supernatural faith. It's the mustard seed faith. Just a little that can move mountains. It's an incredible thing. By the way, that means that you don't literally move mountains. Jesus was talking about removing problems. I don't think there's anybody here that could be in the spiritual earth-moving business. You don't need to have a little faith to move a mountain. Uh, you go ahead and call a contractor. He'll bring his bulldozer out, and he can help you move the mountain. But in terms of moving problems, that's what the Holy Spirit specializes in. And so moving problems by just a little bit of faith is true. And you've seen these people, and from time to time, you have that kind of faith. You've experienced that kind of faith. All of a sudden, you have faith for something that no one else can see, no one else can do. They're, they're stymied, but you're not. Because God gives you a gift of faith for that certain event or that certain person. I love it. I had a pastor friend who said, this is the kind of faith you can't gin up. I like that. You can't work it up. It is a, a, a Holy Spirit download. And, and you get it. You get a gift of faith. That's not a bad thing to pray for. Lord, give me a gift of faith. What did the man say? He said, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Hmm. I think he was a soldier too, if I recollect right. Is that right, you Bible student? Was he a soldier who said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but whoever it was, either he's in the Lord's army or he's in the Roman army, <laughs> one or the other. Let me challenge you. We've got a few moments here and we'll close. My experience with Christians, either when trouble comes, they do one of two things. They either run toward God or they run away from God. And they talk a good fight. And then when the pressure comes, when the test really comes, lots of times they don't lean into faith. They lean away from faith. 
and they start looking for answers anywhere else. In fact, there are people who are so stunned at life sometimes that it wrecks whatever faith they had. But that was their business. I couldn't do anything about it, nor could you. The business of faith is absolutely individual, and that's why it's important that we teach children faith. So as they grow, they live a life of faith and not a life of dependency on programs and systems. Hello? That's one of the problems politically today is we have too many people who are dependent on systems and dependent on government and not dependent enough on God. Somebody say amen. Here's my challenge for you this morning. Um, my wife and I go to an exercise group three times a week. How many of you exercise? Shame on you. You got to do something. Get up and walk. Do something, okay? Um, in fact, at home, Don, I, I have set my computer up so that I have a, a table where my keyboard is. So I get off my duff and I, I don't sit down in my office anymore. I stand up in my office. And I think it's really helped me physically. Anyway, Karen and I go to this class three times a week. And the teacher always says this when we begin. She says, all right, we're going to stretch. And we get in these funny poses and we stretch our calf muscles and we do this. you know. And uh, when we first started doing it, it felt really uncomfortable. The more we've done it over the years, the easier it is. And then after the session, which is 45 minutes long, she says, okay, let's, let's stretch again. All right, let's, let's stretch before we leave. Stretch. In fact, right now, wouldn't you like to stand up? Please, would you stand up? Be a good obedient group and stand up, would you? That's right. Would you stretch a little bit? Yeah. How's that feel? That feel pretty good? Yeah. Oh, don't yawn. Just stretch. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> You're a good gang. <laughs> okay, thank you. You can be seated. Here's the application. My experience with God and my experience with other people who are having experiences with God is this, that God wants to stretch your faith. He wants you to lean into your faith. He wants you to stretch the calf muscles and he wants you to stretch the ligaments of your faith. By the way, did you know, Lee, would you come up here for just a moment? This is going to be so obvious to you. Hold your little patties up like that. Okay. Okay. Now, shove. Oh, good. Oh, you're, you're bigger than I am. That's, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that felt good, though, didn't it? Uh huh. I, I would like to suggest this that resistance is necessary for growth, and that you have an enemy and he resists you all of the time. Not only that, your own flesh will resist your spiritual growth. And so it's important that you push back and that you stretch and you actually work at your faith. And as you do that, just like a muscle, it will get stronger. I guarantee. Okay, here, here it is. I, I promised you a challenge. Here's my challenge this morning. Because you made the mistake of coming, and because now you've heard the word of God for you this morning, now you have to do something about it. 
Because if you leave here like a frog that didn't get hit and just hop away, there was no real reason for you to come. But if you want to get something out of the message this morning, which I would prefer, all right, I'd go home happier feeling I did my job. Here is my challenge. By faith, some of you may need to do something that you've been putting off. And you may have to do it today or as soon as you can. The second one is this. By faith, some of you need to stop doing something that you have been doing. Now, it's none of my business what it is. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But believe me, God will pester you about things that need to stop, behaviors in you that need to stop. And as soon as you stop them, you'll feel better, I promise. Here's the next one. By faith, some of you need to give something. Some of you have stingy spirits, and you're stingy about your stuff, and you're stingy about your money, and you're just stingy. And the Holy Spirit would like to slap you upside the head and say, listen, child of mine, quit being so stingy and remember this. If you keep it, it will rot. If you give it away, it will flow and it will be fresh. And remember the Hebrew children and what happened with the manna and quail. If you keep it overnight, what happens? It rots. And some of you are counting money. It's not enough. And you live by fear. Maybe you ought to give some of it away by faith and see what happens. Would that be a good experiment for some of you? Here's another one. By some of you, or, or rather by faith, some of you need to say something to somebody and you know you've needed to say it, but you haven't said it. I had a guy in the first service come up to me afterward, and he said, Pastor, that happened to me this week. I was with a group of guys, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Say this. And I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with him, and then finally I said it, and the fruit of what I said was really good in his life and in my life. I finally did it. I got Jesus off my tongue and in the air to his ears, and, and it, it made a difference. Some of you need to stop saying certain things, especially negative things. Some of you have a negative confession, and you need to knock it off. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to control your tongue. James says, this is an unruly member, and he was right. It can start a forest fire. It can wreck a church. It can wreck a pastor. It can wreck a lot of things. It can wreck a marriage. It can wreck kids. This thing right here. And some of you need to stop saying certain things. Others of you, by faith, need to sell something. You've been hanging on to something for a long time. You know you ought to get rid of it. And now this is the week. Get rid of it. Sell it. Let it go. Conversely, there are some of you that need to buy something. I don't know what it is. 
It may not be for you. It may be for somebody else. One of the best things you could do this week, if you want to grow your faith and grow your Christian life, when you go to Safeway and you see some poor bedraggled mother with five kids and they're hanging all over her and she's got a big basket full of groceries, go over to the grocer behind or the uh, checker behind and say, I'll pay the bill. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of that. Do that and see how you feel. Oh, don't tell her, I'm, Jesus told me to pay your grocery bill. No, 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 no. You don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. You just do it. You just do it and see what happens. I started that with a group of guys. I won't get too far into it, but I used to go out with a group of guys <clears throat> for lunch quite often. And I told them, I'll, I'll buy your lunch. And I say, no, no, you're the pastor. I'll buy the, buy the lunch. You're the pastor. I say, no, no, that's why I buy the lunch. It's because I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to lead the way. You're not supposed to pay my way. I'll pay your way. And you know, after a while, we we do. I do this for a few few weeks, and then one of them say, no, 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 I'll get it. And then a week or two later, no, 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 I'll get it. And finally, the stingiest guy in the bunch finally broke through and said, I'll get it. And I, I didn't say anything, but when I got outside, I hopped all the way to the car. I thought, he got it, he got it, he got it. Let it go, boy. Some of you, by faith, this week need to start something new. That your muscles have atrophied spiritually. And you need to get your muscles working again. Some of you are just sitting around waiting to die. Don't do that. Every day is important. Every hour is important. Every conversation is important. Every person that God puts in front of you is important. And that's a faith mission for you in front of that person. Some of you need to end relationships by faith. There are relationships that are dragging you into the gutter. You know it and you need to stop it today. And I'm challenging you. Stop it. And then lastly, by faith, there is somebody that you need to start loving with a whole heart and quit doing it, waiting to get something back. Some of us love conditionally. That's not the way Jesus loved. And if you're going to grow up in Christ, you will have to love unconditionally. Some people, sometimes, especially the most unlovely, as I was preparing for this message this last week, I was in prayer in my office, and the Lord said, you know so-and-so? I said, oh, yeah, I know, I know so-and-so. And the Lord says, you've got to change your attitude to him. You, you've got to start to love that guy. And I thought, please, you know, I'll take a beating, anything but that. But I know what I'm doing this week. I know what I've been assigned to do. I have to love somebody this week that I don't naturally love. Do you have irregular people in your lives? People that just kind of rub you the wrong way? Ay, 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 ay. They're the ones that help you grow up. They're the ones that God has placed in front of you to test you and to make you mature in Christ. Well, do you have anything to do this week? If not, come see me afterward. I'll give you something to do. Oh, you're a good bunch of guys.
Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful you never give up on us. I'm grateful, Father, that we have your favor as your children. I'm grateful today, Lord, that each one of us here today has something to work on. Each one of us has something to stretch our faith about. And so I pray, Lord, as your servant, that you will bug these dear sheep until they do what you're asking them to do. And they'll get this monkey that I put on their back off of their back. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. God bless you, each one. And uh, Don?